Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Loose Ends, the Singh Family Tragedy, has been created specifically for adult audiences. Listener discretion is advised. There is graphic depiction of violence and murder, frank betrayal of sexuality, and at times excessive language. The thoughts and opinions in this podcast are mine. This is Episode 3, A Chaotic Timeline. My name is Graham Crowley. Thank you for listening. In the previous episodes, we covered the scene, the discovery of the bodies, and the people involved, the main players, as is so often said. The Crown case against Max Seeker was circumstantial with a sketchy confession to a friend tacked on. It was their claim there was no single incident that set Max Seeker off on his murderous rampage, but many incidents over an extended period of months that ultimately escalated to the point where he could no longer control himself. As such, the extended timeline leading up to the murders in April 2003 becomes crucial and significant. In this episode, I'll lead you through that timeline. This will help you understand the days, months and years leading up to April 2003 and beyond and give you some insight perhaps into how and why police focused on Max Seeker as their only suspect. You may think some of the matters are irrelevant and unnecessary, but I can assure you they all become part of the fabric of the story. The following events occurred up to three years before the murders. 1991, murder and mayhem in the Solomon Islands. This was never part of the Crown case, but as I will discuss in later episodes, the events in the Solomon Islands become relevant. 1993, the Sings emigrate from Fiji and move to Trouts Road, Stafford Heights in Brisbane. January 1997, Neil Singh starts a relationship with a male named Amit. He is related to a family member. January 1999, Shirley Singh starts working from home as a massage therapist. December 2000, Neilma and Amit end their relationship. Neilma tells him she does not want to be tied down. December 2000, Neilma begins a nine-month relationship with an older brother of one of Connell's friends. The following events occurred between three years and three months of the murders. May 2001. Max Seeker is released on parole from prison and moves back home with his parents, who live next door to the Sings. September 2001. Neilma and Max Seeker begin a romantic relationship. February 2002. Max Seeker and Neilma Singh film themselves having sex. 
Neuma flies to Dubai to start training as a flight attendant. March 2002 Max Seeker asks Vijay Singh for permission to marry his daughter. April 2002 The Singh family move into their new home at 20 Grass Tree Close, Bridgman Downs. May 2002 Neuma resigns from Emirates Airlines and returns to Brisbane. June 2002 Neuma returns to the family home. Neilma tells her mother that after living with Max briefly, she realised he was possessive, a liar and a computer hacker. Neilma tells her mother a criminal Max met in prison wants him to be involved in a kidnapping plot, but he eventually declines. Neilma warns her mother not to tell anyone about this matter. If information about the kidnapping plot leaked out, they could have her killed. August 2002 Sonia Pathik and Max Seeker exchange emails. She calls him a control freak and tells him to stay away from her family. 10 August 2002. Party was held for Canal's 18th birthday. Max Seeker was not invited. Around midnight, a rock smashed the downstairs siding glass door. Some people blamed a neighbour. Some privately blamed Max Seeker. The offender was never identified. When police investigated, no one nominated Max Seeker as a suspect. 15 August 2002 Shirley Singh finds out Neilma has been seeing Max Seeker. She is very angry and assaults Neilma. Neilma does not return to the family home for two weeks. 19 August 2002 There is a fire at a boarding house in Sangay, Brisbane, wherein three residents die. This boarding house was owned by Shirley Singh's brother and it becomes part of the murder investigation. September 2002 Neilma reapplies to Emirates Airlines but her application is rejected. Neilma tells her mother she is trying to break off her relationship with Max Seeker but he is very possessive. 2 October 2002 The Singh family, relatives and members of the Fijian Indian community receive an email from an anonymous source with a subject line introducing the true Sonia Pathik, containing photos of Sonia on a website with an advertisement for sexual services. 25 October 2002 Shirley Singh and Neelma Singh fly to Fiji to confront a woman Vijay had been having an affair with. Max Seeker drives the pair to the airport. Vijay Singh was at home at Bridgman Downs and did not know his wife and daughter had left the country. 30 October 2002, 1.30am Fiji time. Four to five men enter the Singh's Suva house. They speak with Shirley. They threaten Vijay's life. October to November 2002, the Singh family receives five threatening phone calls on their answering machine from Fijian males. Vijay believes the calls relate to a woman he had an affair with in Fiji. The threats include, You are mucking with my family. I will muck with your family. I'll rape your daughter. I'll kill your wife. November 2002 Neilma had a sexual relationship with a male named Jasphere while she was in Fiji. 
marriage was discussed. 18 November 2002, another anonymous email is sent to the extended Singh family and relatives. The email contains the same material regarding Sonia as the last email. 22 November, Siddhi calls Max to the house where there is a violent confrontation between Max Seeker and Vijay Singh over allegations regarding Siddhi. Max Seeker and Vijay Singh both call the police who attend. Vijay Singh records the altercation and moves out of the family home to live with his daughter Sonia. Shirley Singh takes out a domestic violence order against Vijay. 30 November 2002, Vijay Singh flies out to Fiji. He was not expected to return until March 2003. December 2002, Shirley tells Max Seeker he is no longer welcome in their house. However, Seeker attends the house at least once a week to visit Neilma, sometimes more often. Shirley Singh believes Neilma and Max Seeker are not in a relationship, but are just friends. Shirley claims Neilma told her it is very hard to get rid of him. 20 December 2002. Max Seeker installs a TV set and a DVD player in the master bedroom of the Bridgman Downs house at the family request. The items are a present from Cannell to his parents. 25 December 2002. Max Seeker arrives at the Bridgman Downs house with presents for Neoma, Siddy and Mrs Singh. 28 December 2002. For Neoma's 24th birthday, Shirley takes her, Cannell and Siddy to a holiday unit at Coolum Beach. Max Seeker is invited and spends time with them. Jasphere calls Neoma from Fiji to wish her a happy birthday. Max Seeker calls Jasphere in Fiji. The call is described as pleasant. He tells Jasphere that Neoma no longer wanted contact with him and that he and Neoma are still in a relationship. He tells Jasphere he is aware of the sexual relationship between Neoma and Jasphere. 31 December 2002. Seeker arrives to wish the family a happy new year but does not stay long. The following events occurred within three months of the murders. January 2003. Cunell's girlfriend tells Cunell is unhappy over the breakup of the relationship with Neilma and is aggressive towards her. Neilma starts a diary of the calls she receives from Max. Shirley Singh recalled that Max Seeker arrived to see Neilma. He, as he normally did, left his shoes in the tiled area near the base of the stairs and went barefoot upstairs. This was a family custom that he respected and adhered to. 7 January 2003 The Singh family and friends receive a further anonymous email with the subject, Singh Family Crisis. The email makes allegations against Vijay Singh regarding family members. A similar email was sent some 10 minutes later. A further email containing photos of Sonia Pathik is distributed. Cunell's girlfriend would stay over on those Friday nights that Vijay Singh was not in the house. Cunell's girlfriend tells Cunell that Max Seeker is pressuring Neilma to start the relationship again. Neilma told her she was recording the text messages from Seeker in a book because she was concerned about his behaviour. February 2003. Neilma changes her email address. SMS and phone contact between Max and Neilma continue. 
13 February 2003. An anonymous email is sent to Vijay Singh asking how many times Jasphia had sex with Neelma while she was in Fiji. 19 February 2003. Seeker called his parole officer and told him he had broken up with Neelma. He says she has been threatening him. He was aware he was no longer welcome in the Singh household. 26 February 2003. Neelma and Seeker reconcile. Neelma messaged him, You are welcome. I am very happy too. Was so nice to see you happy and smiling. Sleep well and take care always. You have a good heart. Sweet dreams. 27 February. Neelma messaged Seeker suggesting they meet for lunch. 1 March 2003. Max Seeker calls his prison friend and tells him, Neelma played up in Fiji in October, but he found out. We made up on Wednesday. She came over and I fucked her. No one in her family knows we are back together. 6 March 2003. The Singh family, friends, business associates and members of the Fijian Indian community receive a further anonymous email with the subject line Neil Masing, introducing. The email contains nude photos of Neil Masing. A further email is sent two minutes later. Another email was sent five minutes later. Neilma was devastated by the emails and went into hiding for weeks. Neilma believed Max Seeker had distributed the emails, even though he denied it. 12 March 2003. This was City's 12th birthday, and she had three friends sleep over. The friends gave varying accounts of distress in the household late that night and into the early hours of the morning involving Neilma, Mrs. Singh, and City. They also spoke of phone calls to Neilma's mobile and the landline. Neilma was talking to someone in Indian. Between 11.45pm and 2.30am, there are many calls, more than 10, and SMS messages from Max Seeker. Neilma eventually unplugged the telephone. Later that day, Neilma tells a friend she wants her old life back. She wants to get back with Amit. She told another friend that she told Max Seeker she wanted to end the relationship and did not think he would take it as badly as he had. 13 March. A series of SMS messages are sent by Max Seeker to Neilma over the following days. Seeker continued to deny to Neilma that he was the author of the emails containing the naked photos of her and Sonia. Neilma was not convinced and suspected he was responsible for sending them. 15 March 2003. Max Seekin messages Neilma and tells her he has a brain tumour and only months to live. SMS messages between the pair continue. Max Seeker calls his friend in prison again. The call is recorded. He tells him he and Neilma are still sleeping together and they make up stories to see each other so that Vijay Singh does not find out. Around this time, an old school friend of Neilma visits her at the Bridgman Downs house. Max Seeker is present and it is evident to the friend he has been there for some considerable time on that day. They all go shopping together. The friend describes no problems between Max and Neilma, and he is a gentleman toward Neilma. 17 March. According to Sonia Pathik, Seeker admits to Neilma that he had been sending the emails. An SMS from Seeker to Neilma appeared to confirm this, and that Neilma forgave him. 15 to 27 March 2003. There are constant SMS messages between Max Seeker and Neilma, Neilma and Amit, 
and Nilma and Jasphere in Fiji. 27 March. Vijay Singh and Nilma attend the Stafford Police Station. Vijay was concerned about Seeker's state of mind. Vijay wanted to pursue his complaint of assault against Max Seeker from November 2002. Nilma indicated she was reluctant to be there and was concerned about Seeker's health as he had a brain tumour. The police officer read the SMS messages from Max Seeker to Nilma on her mobile phone, which did not suggest to him an examination order to assess Seeker's psychiatric state was needed, nor that Nilma's safety was an issue. 29 March 2003 Nilma records a 14-minute conversation with Seeker where he tells her of an inoperable brain tumour and he wants to commit suicide. 30 March 2003 Just before midnight, a 50-minute phone call between Seeker and Nilma commences. 31 March 2003 An alarm system is installed in 20 Grass Tree Close. Shirley Singh recalls the alarm purchase was the result of a telemarketer call and as they were going overseas, thought it was a good idea. The alarm system commenced being armed that very day. On April 2003, Seeker begins a physical relationship with a woman he meets online, Nicole. He tells her of his ex-girlfriend named Nilma and that they remain good friends. At Nilma's request, he was involved in trying to arrange for Nilma and Amit to reconnect. 2 April. There are more SMS messages between Seeker and Nilma. 13 April 2003. VJ and Shirley Singh fly to Fiji. At this time, according to Shirley Singh, Nilma places five or six photos of Amit on the mirror above her dresser. Seeker visits Nilma secretly at 20 Grass Tree Close that night after a series of phone calls and SMS messages. Nilma calls Seeker with the one ring. To explain, Vijay Singh paid Nilma's phone bill. He scrutinised each bill to see who she was calling. If he found she had called Max Seeker, there would be retribution. To get around this, Nilma would call Max Seeker's phone once and disconnect before the call was answered. That way the call would not appear on the phone bill. Max Seeker would then call her back. At 10.53pm and 10.55pm, Max Seeker messaged Nilma to say he was almost there, and had then arrived. Now, this was the signal for her to open the locked door and let him in. The security alarm was not armed that night. It was the Crown case that when Max Seeker visited Nilma, the alarm system was not armed, or only armed after he left. Max Seeker claimed to have spent the entire night there in Nilma's room. Cunell is under strict orders to tell his father should there be any contact between Max Seeker and Nilma. 14 April Seeker messages Nilma and returned that day at about 8.15am and they again had sex. He left before Cannell was due to return home at 2.30pm. That night he did not return to Nilma's house and the security alarm was armed at 20 to 11. 15 April. The security alarm was disarmed at 6.02am. Max Seeker again visit Nilma, arriving after 10.30pm and leaving around 6am the following morning to avoid Canal and City. The security alarm was not armed that night. 16 April. Further SMS to Nilma. Max Seeker meets Amit in the city. Seeker tells Amit that he is gay. He tells Amit that he and Nilma have never really been a couple. He tells Amit he has only one month to live, having a brain tumour. 
The meeting was friendly, and Amit did not feel threatened by Seeker. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Seventeen April. Nilma has been applying to Flight Centre for employment and receives a phone call setting up an interview for Tuesday, 22 April. Nilma messages Max, complaining about her really sore left arm. Max Seeker travels to her house with painkillers. She refuses to say who hurt her. He remains and they have sex, but he leaves in the early hours. The security alarm is armed at 1.40am. Further SMS messages are sent by both parties shortly after this time. 18 April, Good Friday. The security alarm is disarmed at 8.56am. Neuma, Canal and City arrive at Sonia's house for breakfast. Neuma again complains about her sore arm, but will not let Sonia look at it. Sonia described Neuma as disturbed, frightened and confused, in a lot of pain. Her left arm was hurting. She indicated behind the bicep area of her left arm. Sonia said City looked frightened as well when the subject was discussed. Neuma messages Max Seeker to confirm her arm is still very sore. 19 April, Saturday. Shirley calls from Fiji and speaks to Neuma for what would be the last time. Neuma tells her that Seeker had been to see Amit and told him that Amit could restart his relationship with Neuma. Neuma also tells her Sidi has been sleeping with her and she should really be in her own bed. Shirley tells Sidi she can sleep in the master bedroom with the light on. Canal's girlfriend notices a bruise on Neilma's arm behind her bicep. Neilma becomes defensive when asked about it. She claims she bumped her arm. At 1.05pm, Neilma messages Max Seeker and inquires after his welfare. The security alarm was armed at 10.19pm that night. 20 April, Sunday. The alarm was disarmed at 8.47am. Max Seeker calls his friend in prison. He tells him he is trying to get Neilma back with her ex-boyfriend. He also tells him he still has sex with Neilma and loves her, but would rather be in a relationship with his new girlfriend, Nicole. At 12.05pm, Neilma messages Seeker to wish him happy birthday. At 4.45pm, Neilma gives Max Seeker the one ring. Max Seeker called her from his landline. 5pm, Neilma calls into his house to see a new puppy but only stays a few minutes. 5.01pm. The internet is connected at the Singh house for 2 hours and 30 minutes. 8pm. A friend of Canel asks to spend the night at the Singh house. Canel tells him no, as Neilma wanted an early night. 8.30pm. Neilma is chatting online with Sonia, but Neilma tells her someone is at the front door and she must go. 8.56pm. Neilma sends Seeker an SMS. Well, see you later tonight and then chat. I think I'm coming down with something. Feeling a day before you get sick. We'll give the one ring. Shortly after, there was a two and a half minute call from the Seeker landline to Neilma's mobile. 
At 11.10pm, Neilman's mobile called Max Seeker's mobile with the one ring. A minute later, the Seeker family line called Neilman's mobile and lasted 34 seconds. The security alarm was not armed that night. 11pm, Max Seeker's parents arrive home and claim Max is present. 11pm to 11.30pm, three occupants of the one house in Pepper Street, Bridgman Downs, report seeing a car parked in their dead-end street. This street is less than 500 metres from 20 Grass Tree Close. The following matters were not heard by the jury. 12.30am. The partner of Claudio Seeker, Max's brother, leaves the Seeker house to go home. Claudio drives her. They both saw Max enter his room earlier at around 10pm and say goodnight. When Claudio returned from dropping his girlfriend home, he went in to speak with Max but saw he was asleep. 1am. The next door neighbour sees all Seeker cars out the front of the house. Monday, 21 April, 2003. 7.10am. Max Seeker arrives at his ex-wife's place to pick up his two children. 7.30am. The Singh's next-door neighbour stated that they heard the Singh's dog whining in the garage and it continued whining virtually all day. 9am Fiji time. VJ transfers money to Neilma through Western Union to be collected at Brisbane Airport. He tries to send a fax to give her the necessary code to collect the funds, but could not get through. He calls the Bridgman Downs home, but no one answers. 9.30am. A tradesman working in Grass Tree Close sees a young girl exit the Singh house and pick up a puppy for a total of less than 30 seconds. He was about 50 metres away. 9.50am. Amit messages Neilma to arrange to meet. He receives no reply. Other persons attempt to call the victims that day without receiving a reply. 3pm. A young friend and neighbour to city rides her bicycle to the Singh house. There is no answer to the door. She rides home and tells her mother. 3.45pm. Max Seeker sent an SMS to Neilma but received delivery failure. Between 7.30pm and 8.30pm. Four persons at a house directly behind the Singh house hear what they believe to be three gunshots and a blood-curdling female scream coming from the direction of 20 Grass Tree Close. 8.10pm, Max Seeker's new friend Nicole arrives at his house and stayed till approximately 10pm. 12.20am, a neighbour living 400 metres away from 20 Grass Tree Close awakens to a piercing female scream. She stated the scream came from the direction of 20 Grass Tree Close. She stands at the window for 10 to 15 minutes, but hears nothing further. Tuesday, 22 April 2003, 10.04am. Max Seeker messages Neilma, wishing her luck with her flight centre job interview. 12.10pm. The Seeker landline calls Neilma's mobile. 12.11pm and 12.35pm. Follow-up calls were made. 12.43pm, Max Seeker texts Neilma but receives message failure. 1.02pm, the Seeker landline calls Neilma's mobile. 1.03pm and 1.17pm, calls are made to the Sing landline. 1.25pm, further call to Neilma's mobile. 1.33pm, Max Seeker's sister Anna calls Max to remind him to drive her to Stafford City Shopping Centre. 
1.50pm, the seeker landline calls Neilman's mobile. 1.50pm to 2pm, Anna says her brother arrived at her house at Anogra and drives her to Stafford City. 1.50pm to 3.15pm, it is between these times, according to various witnesses, Max Seeker arrives at Bridgman Downs Singh House. 2pm, the Crown claims Max Seeker arrived at this time and spent 30 minutes inside the house. 2.20pm, Max Seeker claimed he arrived at Neilma's house at this time. 2.33pm, Max Seeker calls emergency services. 2.38pm, Max Seeker calls his parents. 2.47pm, first responders arrive at the crime scene in response to triple O call. 5pm, Max Seeker goes with police to Petrie Police Station. Later, he gives them all the clothes he is wearing that day. Police take possession of the vehicle he is driving. Other police go to his house and take possession of a lot of his clothing, shoes and bedding. And the police investigation ramps up and grinds on for almost six years. 8.30pm. A Bridgman Downs resident receives a phone call from a Shirley Singh in Fiji, telling her there'd been a triple murder in Bridgman Downs and asking if she knew anything that was happening at her house. The following events occurred after the murders. 14 May 2003. On this date, the victims were laid to rest at Aspley Crematorium. Max Seeker was present in the chapel for the ceremony, but at the request of the Singh parents, was removed by police. March 2004. Max Seeker was interviewed for a marathon 14 hours. Between 2004 and 2006, covert listening devices were placed in Max Seeker's house and car. Hundreds of hours of conversation were recorded. Between 2003 and 2008, a friend of Max Seeker, Andrea, contacted him on numerous occasions and according to her evidence, he confessed to the murders. The Supreme Court in Brisbane has heard a man accused of a triple murder allegedly made a confession to a friend. 41-year-old Max Seeker has pleaded not guilty to killing Neelma Singh and her younger brother and sister in 2003. Prosecutor Michael Byrne today told the court that Seeker made an admission of guilt to a friend in 2008. He allegedly said, do you know how hard it is to kill someone when they ask you to please don't? The prosecutor acknowledged Seeker had been drinking alcohol when he made the comments, but argued he was only mildly affected. The trial is expected to last at least four months. August 2008, Max Seeker was arrested on 21 child sex charges, as detailed below. 30 December 2008, Max Seeker was arrested and charged with murdering the three Singh children. 14 October 2010, Max Seeker was committed for trial on all charges. A magistrate has committed Max Seeker to stand trial for the murder of the Singh siblings in Brisbane in 2003. Seeker was charged in late 2008 after a lengthy police investigation. Max Seeker's family isn't surprised by the court's decision. This is no shock to us. This was told to us from day one. During the marathon 95-day hearing, Seeker's defence lawyer argued there were other suspects. The evidence does not lead to my brother's conviction at all. But Magistrate Brian Hine said there was evidence Seeker had lied in his police interview. The Magistrate also found there was evidence to suggest Seeker had visited the Singh house the night before the bodies were found. 
Magistrate Hines said while the defence had raised concerns about an alleged confession Seeker made to his friend Andrea Bowman, he found Seeker's words could have amounted to a confession. And while some of the prosecution's evidence was circumstantial, the magistrate said there was sufficient evidence to support a guilty verdict. Well, obviously he's upset and he's stressed, but that's to be expected. Seeker will stand trial in the Supreme Court at a date to be set. Siobhan Barry, ABC News. November 2010, a judge-only trial was refused. Back home, the man accused of murdering three members of the Singh family in 2003 has lost an application for a judge-only trial. 40-year-old Max Seeker is in custody awaiting trial in the Supreme Court in the new year. He sought a judge-only trial because it's likely to be a long and complex case. His lawyers arguing it could be an unreasonable burden for jurors. But Chief Justice Paul de Jersey said the case should go to a jury in the interests of justice. 31 January 2012, Supreme Court murder trial commences. One of Australia's largest murder trials has begun with Max Seeker pleading not guilty to murdering the three Singh children. Prosecutors say Max Seeker murdered his former girlfriend Nilma Singh, her brother Kunal and 12-year-old sister Sidi. In 2003, the siblings' bodies were found in a spa in their Bridgman Downs home. Five years later, Seeker was arrested and charged with three counts of murder. The 41-year-old who took notes during the opening of the triple murder trial pleaded not guilty to each count. More than 840 witnesses could be called, including a psychic, a former journalist and champion Brisbane jockey Jason Taylor. Yeah, that's a lot. Some, you don't even need to date. After a pool of 600 potential jurors gathered at the Supreme Court, four women and eight men were chosen. The jury was warned by the judge about the amount of pre-trial publicity surrounding the case and the importance of them having an open mind when they formed their opinions about the accused. The trial was adjourned for two weeks when prosecutors will open their case. Anthony Donaghy, 10 News. 3 July 2012, Axeek was found guilty on all three murder charges. 35 years. That's how long Max Seeker will spend in jail for killing the three Singh siblings. It's the longest prison sentence in Queensland history and it sparked emotional scenes outside court. Josh Bavis has more. A record sentence but still not enough to mend a shattered family. At least it gives a little bit of peace of mind but we will never be able to see our children again. Crown prosecutors asked for Max Seeker to serve a minimum non-parole term of 45 years, but he was sentenced to 35. Is 35 years excessive? Yes, I think it was. Earlier this week, Seeker was convicted of strangling his former girlfriend Nilma Singh and killing her two younger siblings, Kunal and Siddhi Singh, in their Bridgman Downs home. He bashed all three in their beds with a garden fork and dumped their bodies in a spa bath filled with hot water. He wiped the scene with bleach to clear away fingerprints. In a victim impact statement, the court heard from the victim's elder sister, Sonia Patik, who said, I will never forget the sight which has become a constant nightmare that I've had to relive all my life. I'm mentally scarred. Many in the court were in tears as more statements were read out on behalf of Shirley Singh, who said she didn't recognise her daughters because their injuries were so horrific. I pray to God that no other mother will see what I saw. How can anyone be so cold-blooded to do what they did to my children? 
She spoke of her regret for being overseas at the time and how she's since attempted suicide while dealing with the trauma. That night, I wasn't there. The sadistic powers wouldn't have dared to do that if I was there. He's not a normal person, his behaviour, the way he talks. You know, like, it's not normal. So I never liked him. But the family of the triple murderer maintain his innocent. If I believe that my son would have been capable to do that, I would say to the judge, give 100 years. And better off, I would save some tax by money, I would kill the bus. But my son is innocent. The court heard how Seeker faked his grief after telling police he discovered the three bodies. In closing, Justice John Byrne called Max Seeker manipulative and deceitful, saying his only anxiety in the killings was for his self-preservation. His current wife of four years says she believes Seeker will be exonerated on appeal. Josh Babis, ABC News, Brisbane. 8 March 2013, Max Seeker faced a judge-only trial charged with 21 child sex offences. He was acquitted on all charges. A Queensland judge on Friday found Seeker not guilty of 21 charges, including maintaining a sexual relationship with a child, rape, carnal knowledge and indecent dealing. The 42-year-old had been accused of having a four-year sexual relationship with a girl that started when she was nine. Seeker was granted a judge-only trial after his lawyers successfully argued the publicity surrounding his murder hearings would prejudice a jury. In police video shown during the trial, the complainant, who is now 17, is seen telling detectives Seeker had been a family friend and they'd had sex about a hundred times. There were no independent witnesses and it was the results of a medical examination presented by defence barrister Sam DiCarlo that ultimately saw Seeker acquitted. The examination of the child at 13 showed an intact hymen, a state that was highly unlikely if her claims were true, according to a doctor who specialises in sexual assault and who appeared for the defence. In a written explanation of his verdict, Judge Michael Shanahan said the evidence didn't support the girl's account of repeated sexual penetration from age nine. 2 September 2013, appeal against conviction and sentence denied. 2019, a petition was lodged with the Queensland Governor seeking a pardon on behalf of Max Seeker. As at September 2021, that matter is still before the courts. Petition to pardon triple murderer Max Seeker has been referred to the Attorney General. The documents were lodged at Government House yesterday afternoon. As Seven News revealed exclusively last night, a lawyer retained by the Seeker family has uncovered fresh evidence. It could change the time the Singh children were murdered by up to 26 hours. Thank you for listening to A Chaotic Timeline. Please join me in Episode 4, The Road to Hell, where I explore in detail the circumstantial case compiled against Max Seeker in the almost six-year police investigation of the Singh murders. Please rate and review the podcast. If you like it, recommend it to others. If you have questions, information or feedback, you can contact me via the following. The Facebook page is Loose Ends, The Singh Family Tragedy. 
My email address is looseends2003 at outlook.com. This podcast was made possible with the grateful assistance of the ACAST Creator Network. Appreciation to Bad Bassam for editing, mixing and mastering the episode. Music, Before I Go, by RKVC. Media clips courtesy of channels 7, 9 and 10. You'll find all my contact details in the show notes at the end of each episode.